Kids love movies. If you're a young person who can't see or can't see well, Audio Description provides access to the visual images that sighted kids enjoy. The benefits of Audio Description in Education Baby Contest, sponsored by ACB's Audio Description Project and the Described and Captioned Media Program, wants those kids to experience Audio Description and then tell us about it. You have a chance to win prizes for yourself and your teacher. Just go to www.badycontest.org, B-A-D-I-E contest.org, and keep on enjoying audio description. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the first Burl Cauley Leadership Training of 2021. Wow. Uh, my name is Donna Brown, and I am the chair of the subcommittee, which is a, a part of the leadership training uh, committee. So um, I want to thank each of you for being here, whether you're on the Zoom or listening on ACB radio, and this will eventually be a podcast as well. And there will be uh, documents eventually put up on the leadership training site. Uh, so one of our goals as affiliate leaders should be uh, to do everything we can to keep our affiliates safe and legal now and in the future. And as we pass the leadership torch on to upcoming up and coming leaders. Uh, so tonight we have two dynamic people who are very capable of telling us everything we need to know, um, and they can help us uh, do what we need to do. So at the end, there will be time for questions. And also this session, maybe with some different topics or whatever, will be continued in February, the third Thursday in February, which I believe is February 18th. So um, as they present if you're like me, you have to write your questions down because you can't remember them when they go on to something else. So to help us find our fiscal way, I'd like to turn it over now to Tony Stevens, ACB's Director of Development, and Nancy Becker, ACB's Chief Financial, Financial Officer. So Nancy and Tony, take it away and thank you for being here. Thank you so much, Donna. And thanks everybody for taking time to, uh, to join us this evening or if you're listening, whatever time of day it is or evening it is. Uh, you know, it's it's something that we're very excited to be able to do from the national office and the Minneapolis office as well, where our business administration is run out of with Nancy, uh, for ACB to be able to try to find ways to help strengthen and improve uh, the capacity of all of our leaders and all of our affiliates and throughout the organization. Uh, you know, paramount to that is the, the work that takes place behind the scenes sometimes. It's not oftentimes the most glorious work. But it is, in a sense, the bedrock of really running a successful organization uh, and making sure that you are in compliance with what we're supposed to do, following the rules, but also, too, thinking in a way that really helps expand and, and focus on short-term and long-term goals uh, and sustainability. You know, as the director of development, a key area that I have the opportunity to focus in on is specifically that. How do we sustain ourselves for the long-term? And a significant part of that is like anything, uh, if you're going to go off sailing on, on a boat, I, I am a sailor on the side as a hobby, uh, you know, you want to make sure that all your systems are right, that you have contingency plans, that everything on the boat is all shored up and leaks, uh, everything is stored well and clean, and you have to make plans for all different scenarios that could happen, you know, because you don't want to be caught out in a storm, caught off guard, and then that can, that can create bad weather for you and all of your members and all the people that that are under you and look up to you as a leader to help lead the organization. So my hopefully this evening, and, and I'll pass it over to Nancy in a second, who will be sharing the lion's share of information this evening uh, with the wealth of information that she's been able to provide in, in just leading our office through the business administration side of it as our CFO at, at ACB. Uh, but, you know, uh, uh, the one thing I want to try to stress at the beginning, in a sense, is that it, it's not just a one-person operation, right? We are not a ship of one. We are an organization of many. We are a strong, solid community. And, and it's good to have transparency so that the community can know what's going on from leadership. And transparency is key. It's something that we've been very focused on in the national office and in our Minneapolis office as well. Uh, but it's also, too, something as well uh, to know that it's important to think about succession. It's important to think about who can we train up 
which is what's fantastic about this leadership program, so that we can have new and emerging leaders to be able to take these skills. So there's not one person in your organization that has the wellspring of information and knowledge. And if there's something where unfortunately happened to that person, uh, it could it could really fracture the institution or the organization. So a key part of this as well in any leadership training is thinking about succession. Uh, and my hope is that everyone listening to this tonight, if you're a leader within your organization, you can identify somebody else to share this information with. My hope is that every person here can find one other person that they feel like is a person they can trust and begin to share this information with and begin to work their way toward uh, building a succession plan that can help for the long-term sustainability as well. Because it's not, you know, it is one important part to make sure we dot our I's and cross our T's and do all the things that we need to do for good housekeeping and running any nonprofit organization and the responsibilities we have towards stewardship. But it's also important to think about the next generation, that we are not the organization, but we serve the organization. And so it's important for us to think of that as elected people or as officers. Our goal, the same for staff, is to serve at the good of the mission and the organization. So hopefully what you take away with this evening can help foster that and can help us grow as leaders and know that it's not just us, but it, it goes beyond us. More reason to be transparent and also to think of the next generation who can help sustain our organization for years to come. So Nancy, I'll throw it over to you as well for welcomes, but thanks everybody for taking time to, to, to join us this evening. And we look forward to questions that we may be able to have later on in the evening as well. Thank you, Tony. Well, you make this sound like it's something very glamorous, so I would appreciate that. Um, I know that a lot of people think that these organizational practices are something that you don't need to think about, but I can tell you in the last year, with everybody having to get um, crafty in how they're going to hold their conventions and do voting, this is very important because you do need to follow specific guidelines on this. So I'll talk about um, some things that you need to have done. And the first one is the Articles of Incorporation. So your Articles of Incorporation is a document um, your affiliates will have. This is a document your affiliates will have that will have the legal name on it, the location where it is, its purpose, and the initial directors on it. Once filed, the Articles of Incorporation become part of public records and usually can be obtained from your state agency if you don't have this document. So this isn't something that if somebody's lost it, nobody can get it. You can, it, it does take a little bit of work, but you can um, go back to your state and get this documentation. The next part is your constitution and bylaws. Your constitution covers the fundamental principles of your affiliate and the bylaws provides the procedures your affiliate must follow to conduct business. So the articles of con the articles of the constitution provides the name of your affiliate, its purpose, its membership rules, the structure of your organization, and meeting guidelines. The organizational information provides details on on its structure, the officers, elections, terms of office, powers, and governing rules. The constitution governs the governs the conduct of your affiliate provides a better understanding of what your organization is all about and how it functions. And then the bylaws set forth in detail the procedures your affiliate must follow to conduct business in an orderly manner. The bylaws provides membership informa information, dues, duties of the officers, structure and power of the executive board, the committees, and the amendment procedures. The constitution and bylaws should always be followed. If no one has access to them, then no one will know if they're following the proper procedures. Now, this has you know, really come to light with ACB, with um, us not being able to hold our convention in person. So we are having to go back to our documents to make sure that we are following them or following the state guidelines properly so that we can hold um, official elections. Donna, did you want me just to read through this and then have questions at the end? Or do you want to do a question and answer as we go along? I think maybe it'd be better for you to go through it all okay. um, so that we, you know, get it all and then go to questions and, and then, you know, for next month, kind of go from there, you know, see okay. what we get. Okay. So I do have a, a templates of both of these. So if you don't have yours or you just don't feel like they're, they may not be complete, I can actually, if you request them, I can send you a template that you can use if you if, if your constitution and bylaws are fine, you don't need anything, but I just have something here to help you if you need help. Okay, so there's two things that need to be done. Affiliates, affiliates need to be registered 
with their state and also the federal government. So for the federal government, you need what they call a federal employment identification number. Some people call it an EIN and other people call it an FEIN. If you don't have a federal identification number, you can go to the IRS website to register and you're given one right away. Your tax-exempt status is connected to your federal identification number. So if you don't know your number, please don't just go and register for another one because then you'll have to go through the whole process of um, your affiliate becoming tax-exempt. There's other ways that you can use to try to find what it is. Now, at our office, we do have some state and special interest affiliates identification numbers, so you could call us and try to get those from us also. Um, you should also have an IRS determination letter certifying that you're a tax-exempt organization or a 501c3. This tax-exempt documentation verifies that your affiliate doesn't need to pay federal taxes. Um, when you're trying to receive donations, businesses are also more likely to donate or become a sponsor when you are tax-exempt. And I do know a lot of, um, of state affiliates like to try to get sponsorships for their convention. So this is helpful if you have um, this 501c3. Now, if you don't know if you have one or if you've lost one, there is now a shortened form you can use to apply for your tax exemption, and it is a 1023EZ. So what you need to do with that is you're going to need to read through the directions first to make sure your affiliate will be able to use this form. If you read through the form and you're not quite not sure yet, give me a call and I can help you with that. I know some of the wording on there can be a little bit tricky, so I am always here to help you out. Um, you should be able to complete this form in a couple hours. And then, like I said, you can call me if you have any questions. This does need to be submitted electronically. I do know that there is another form that you can print, like you can print out to put all the answers on it. And then it helps you with going through and completing it quickly. Um, you should receive a response from the IRS. I think it's in about four weeks to let, let you know that you are receiving your tax exemption. The other thing you should do is register with your state. So you will need to register your affiliate with your state and your state agency also goes, also goes by different names. Some of them are name of the secretary of the state, office of the attorney general, or the corporate commission or the Department of Consumer and Regulatory Affairs. So you should be able to search your state's website to find out if you are registered. Okay, so you will also need to file your articles of incorporation with the state when you register. Um, Donna, I know I asked this before, but before I go on to um, more detailed information about your bank accounts and insurance and like that, should, should we open up for questions and then I can jump back to this if we would like to? Yeah, why don't we, well, we'll see how many questions we have and because, and, you know, we want to make sure we get to the bank account things too. So, okay. if, um, Deb. Debbie, sure. Oh, we already have hands raised. Uh, Debbie Hazelton is our lovely host, and thank you. So, Debbie. to raise your hand on the computer, it's Alt Y, and um, to uh, why is my thing acting weird? Okay, I know we have raised hands. Um, Alt Y and um, muting is Alt A. Mac is uh, Option Y. Mute is Shift Command A iPhone is um, under more and on the right hand side of your screen and the mute is lower left and the regular phone raise hand is star nine and to mute is star six. So let's see, we're going over here. Um, uh, where are these raised hands? Hmm. Hand, penny. Uh, go ahead, Penny. You can unmute. Okay. This is Penny Moss. How you doing, Debbie? Uh, and Donna, It's this is a great program. And my question is, the document that you're reading from with all this, is there a way we can get a copy of it? Because I'm sitting here taking notes and I'm having to fly. And especially, you know, I really appreciate the difference in the Constitution and the bylaws because my chapter is struggling with that. So can we get that information written so we could go over it with our chapters? Annie, I sure can. I do need to do a little bit of updating on this, but once we get done, I will update it 
And uh, Donna, I can give it to you and then you can send it out or if you want me yeah. to send it out. We know it's going to be up on the leadership um, uh, training page, but also um, we probably can get it to Cindy and she can probably also put it someday, you know, on the daily. A link okay. on there. Uh, okay. Thank you, Penny. There's, there's some other yeah. documents too. So, you know, we may have more, but, oh. but yeah, we can get this as soon as possible. Okay. Uh, that, thank Penny. you. Penny, there is a lot of information in here sure. to remember. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I'm going to say? There is a lot, like I said, a lot of information in here. Don't be overwhelmed by it. If there's a lot of changes, there are things that you need to get done. Just focus on one thing and then move to the next. Okay. okay? Well, Thank it's, you. it's great training. Thank you. Yep. Ray. There you go, Ray. Yeah. Um, Nancy, just a clarification question uh, here. Do you... In order to, do you need to be registered or incorporated in your state first? If you're a state affiliate, before you can uh, uh, go uh, after your 501c3. I have actually. You want to get your FEIN number, and uh, then after that, I would register with your state. Okay, so you get the FEIN, then you do your state incorporation, and then go after go for the 501c3. Gotcha. Yes. Thank you. Just wanted yeah. to clarify that. Yep. Beverly, you may unmute. Am I unmuted? Yes. 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 Sure. I had the same question as Penny, really, about taking notes. And we've we've been working on our constitution for like fifteen years and can't seem to find the right wording to finish it. So uh, any kind of and we do, although we do have an EIN number from somewhere way in the past. So it sounds like a template would be very good for yes. you guys. Is yeah, that correct? That would be great. Okay, I can I can get a template also. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I was trying to take notes too. It's like uh, I, I don't think. Okay. Thank you. Okay, I think that's it for right now of our raised hey, hands. Roll along. Roll along, maybe. Hand Ray, you got your hand back up again. No. Okay. You never put it down. I, I, yeah, okay. I All right. I thought you yeah. were trying to say something. No. Yeah, I got. Okay. I think ready to go. Yeah. I think we're good to to continue mm -hmm. there, Nancy. Okay, right. so once you guys have looked at your bylaws, you are going to need help delegating responsibilities to your officers. Um, the information below isn't something for a leader to do on their own or to think that they can do it and try to power through it because there's a lot, there's a lot of things to remember and a lot of steps. So first thing is there should be two signers on your bank account. So at least two people should be signers on this bank account and someone other than the person who writes the check should be reviewing the bank statements each month. So if I'm the treasurer, I'm writing the checks, I'm reviewing the bank statements, and I'm presenting you guys um, a financial statement each month, there's nobody verifying that the information I'm providing on there is accurate. So you should have somebody different reviewing the bank statement or signing off on the bank statement than the person who is um, writing the checks. If there's only one signer and something happens to that person, it will require significant documentation to, to change signers. And you will not be able to access your bank account and it can take months to change these signers. Now, um, if you've had the same signer or signers on your bank account for many years, your affiliate may not have your um, federal identification number, number or articles of incorporation on record with your bank. Um, regulations in the bank and banking industry have type, tightened up in the last couple of years. So you should get this information updated before you need to change something on your account because it will they'll put a stop on you being able to change anything until you get all this cleaned up. So I would recommend that if you have someone who's a, I, I want, don't even want to say it if you've had the same signer for a long time. Even if you've had a signer for the last seven years going to the bank to make sure that they have all the documentation that they have that they need okay if your affiliate decides to change banks or is changing si signers you will need to provide this information to the bank before they will make any changes okay you should also have someone who's designated to complete the 990 or 990n each year um, for most affiliates 990n should um, suffice. There's a couple that probably do have to do 990s, and I'm going to guess they probably have somebody who audits their records. 
um, if the 990 or 990N isn't done for three years in a row, your affiliate will lose their tax exempt status. Um, the president needs to verify that this has been completed and the confirmation paper should be saved somewhere where it is accessible by more than just the person that's completing the documents. It shouldn't be saved on someone's personal desktop or on their computer where future presidents won't have access to it. Um, in the last couple of years, the 990N has gotten simplified. So some of the directions I have on here aren't real applicable. Um, if you're, you want to know which annual return you will need to file with the IRS. One, if your gross receipts are less than or equal to $50,000, then you can file an e-postcard using Form 990N. And this is, like I said, this is a category most affiliates will fall under. If your gross receipts are under $200,000 and your total assets are less than $500,000, you can file using the 990EZ or the 990. Like I said above, if you fail to do this for three years, you lose your tax-exempt status. You have to reapply for the status, and it, it, I think it costs like $250 or $275. So five minutes worth of time once a year is a lot easier than trying to spend $275 and a couple, you know, like a couple hours to take care of it later. So let's see here. Okay, this part has changed. Okay, if your fiscal year ends, no, sorry. Okay, if your fiscal year ends December 31st, then you will need to file your 990N by May 15th of the following year. So add this, um, it should be stated in your bylaws when your fiscal year ends. And you can also find this information on the IRS website. If your fiscal year ends in a different month, then you need to file by the 15th day of the fifth month after the end of the fiscal year. So if your year ends June 30th, then you need to file by November 15th. Okay. When your officers of your state or special interest, interest affiliate change, please provide ACB with up-to-date information so we can update our website. I know there's a lot of times we will get calls from people looking for presidents of, of state or special interest affiliates. And they'll call the number or the, we won't have accurate information. So we have to, they have to do a little, do a little background check on it. So if you can provide us up-to-date information, anybody who's looking to join your affiliate or to get in touch with somebody can find it easily. Um, let's see here. Okay. It, it is also important to create a timeline so you know when to start the budgeting process for the following year when you're gonna hold elections and to start planning your fundraisers. Now at ACB here, our new year starts January 1st. I actually, I and um, the executive director and the president and the resource development director, we start planning for the next year's budget in August, late August. So we start with plenty of time so that we can um, get a draft, revise the draft, try to make sure it's as accurate as possible. So don't wait till last minute to start um, creating a budget. ACB's affiliate member management system can help you with staying connected with your current and past members. AMMS is how ACB tracks membership data for our state and special interest affiliates. Each affiliate president has someone designated to record membership information. And there's many affiliates that they will have two or three people that are helping doing um, the membership information. We need affiliate member phone numbers, email addresses, and the chapters they belong to to record this in AMMS. Then you can download this information and use it to send out chapter and affiliate meeting notices, newsletters, and any information that is important to our community. This information will also help us to stay connected with your members. Um, I know that I think it's every other week, Kelly sends out dots and dashes. And if we have an email address, we can um, get that sent to you every other week so that you can see what ACB is doing or, or, or um, how you can help us. Okay, I would like you to let you know that the chapter each member belongs to is there to help you with your certification processing. Um, the certification process can be stressful 
for those trying to gather member information, collecting dues, and making sure the information they are providing to our offices is correct. The information provided during the certification process determines how many votes your state or special interest affiliate receives at the convention. We also need the affiliate presidents to help to pass on the member member dues notices to the treasurer and AMMS users. So what happens is when we when we determine that um, the number of members you have with your affiliate, typically we send that notice to the president. And if the president president does not pass it on to the treasurer, there is a little slip, and we may not get our money by the um, the deadline. The MMS users need to verify that the number of certified members our offices have on record matches what you have so that we know. Let's see here. Sorry about that, you guys. I lost my place here. So the MMS members need to verify that the number of members that they certify with our office matches what you guys have on record. So I don't want to, we don't want you to submit um 30 members when in in fact you have 45 members on your record. So you just need to double check to make sure what you have on your roster matches what you have put on our roster. Uh, Any questions right now, Donna? We Uh, do have one hand raised. Joyce Feinberg. Hi. Um, I just became a treasurer of a small special interest affiliate uh, chapter, and it appears nothing. Nobody knows what a- anybody else has done in the past. So my two major questions are: How does one get the nine ninety or uh, N postcard? Because the person who was filling it out before has since passed away. And then secondarily, who do we submit information about the leadership? of this chapter and uh, trying to make sure the membership agrees. Okay. So is it, um, do you mind telling me what the chapter is or what special interest affiliate you guys are part of? It's Capital Area Guide Dog Users. It's a chapter of Guide Dog Users Incorporated. So Capital Area Chapter is Washington, D.C. area. Okay, so Joyce, what I am going to say is that I first, when you get to the IRS site, every individual has their own personal username and password to get into there. Once you get in there, if you if you put the EIN number in for that chapter, you should be able to pull up the information for that chapter. So if you want me to help you walk through this, I can help you with this if you want me to check to see if you guys are up to date on your 990Ns that you filed. I can help you with that also. Well, I know statewide we're not up to date because we've just had to file some manual reports, but we don't know about the 990N because, again, the person who was in charge of that passed away in September. Okay. Yasmin? Would it be better if I tried to contact you directly? I would, yes. I would say, can you please just try calling me directly and I will try working with you on this. Um, It sounds like what sort of is happening with you guys is whoever was taking care of the documentation or was keeping the treasurer's reports, it sounds like they had it on like their computer or something very close to them. So I would recommend that Either you use like a Dropbox account or a Google Drive where the documents can be stored and more than one person has access to them. Yeah, because um, right now we have a flash drive and I'm starting to print out some of the articles of incorporation, the Constitution, and putting it within a binder book so that we have two different forms of documentation. That, that is a good idea. That is a good idea. I also belong, I belong to a, like a, a parent organization. And what I, what we have done is we've set up a Gmail account that, you know, it could be um, your chapter's name at gmail.com. And then you could actually put your documents in there too. 
So that would be a way for you to store those also. Now, with that okay. being said, I do know that there's some people that say that it isn't accessible as it should be. So um, I'm just giving this as a suggestion. Right. I know some people use Dropbox accounts that they store the information in. That would be helpful also. That way you can have three people or four people edit it. You can keep, if you have meetings, you can keep the minute meetings in there. You can keep your um, bank reconciliations in there. Um, you can keep all your incorporation documents in there. You could even keep your roster in there. Okay. Okay. So again, what would be the best way to contact you? You can call me at my office, 612-332-3242. Okay. 3242. Yep. Got and it. We, we have two Nancys in our office, so just remember to ask for Becker. Nancy okay. Becker. <laughs> Thank okay. you. Uh, you're welcome. Thank you. Yasmin? Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. I just um, wanted a little clarification on who should have the membership list. Is that just for the membership director or the person in charge of the membership? Um or is it like just the treasurer or like who should have the list? You know, I don't know that there's a designated person that has to have the list, but if you, you, if someone is in charge of membership records, they should have that. But if you have someone else who's sending out communication to all your members or people who have been past members that you want to still reach out to, they should have access to that also. I would also say it's important that your president has access to it also, because if, if it's a he or she and they want to contact them, they need a way to easily get a hold of like like their phone number or email address. So for okay. sure, I would say if you can have three people that have access to that. Okay, thank now, you. Yep, with that being said, um, you may not want everybody to have edit privileges on that. Maybe some people just have read privileges just for, just so you, that you know that, mm. how do I say it? So that... Um, you don't have three people changing one person's address three different ways. You will know all the time who is changing that address if only one person has edit access. Okay, makes sense. <laughs> okay. Thank you. That was a roundabout way. I'm sorry, but. The person with the phone number beginning with 892. Okay. I think that's me. I don't, okay. this is Carla. I don't know why oh. it shows up that way. Okay. But anyway, um, so. Uh, that's really good presentation, Nancy. Um, I have one question about AMMS and yes. uh, on the chapter where we, where you're asking us to put people into uh, in by chapters in Kentucky, we have eight chapters, four of which are regional and four of which are special interest. Uh, they are affiliates of, of their respective. ACB special interest affiliates, as well as an affiliate of the Kentucky Council of the Blind. Can I list a person in more than one chapter in AMMS? That's a good question, Carla. I am going to say yes, but I'm not positive. I have never tried to do that. Let me let me look at it while we're talking and let me see what I can do here. Okay. Because I've got some people that belong to three of those chapters. So, um, oopsie. Just give me a second here. Let me see. You know, Carla, I do not believe so. Because once I put, I, I'm looking here, if I've put someone in one chapter, when I try to add them to the next chapter, their name is no longer there. So, okay. It, okay so that is something that might be of interest so that you, so that a state or special interest affiliate can add somebody to more than one chapter. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Oh. How do you, Carla, let me ask you a question. How do you like that chapter option on there? Well, I haven't used it because, because I uh, didn't know, you know, how to list a person in more than one. I would like it if I could list people in multiple chapters. I think okay. it could be very useful. Okay. I do know if somebody has a large affiliate when it comes time to, for certification, you in the certification tab, you can sort by their chapters and then certify them by chapters. And I think that, I in my mind, it would make it go a little bit smoother than just trying to go up and down by alphabet. So is is there a way to set it so that, like Carla, can put people in, in multiple chapters? 
I will have to talk to the person who does programming. Yeah. So I think it was last year, actually not last year, the year before was when we added chapters. Right. So I will have to, I will have to check on that. Okay. Uh, we have one person who already had a question with a hand raised, but before we take them, I wanted to find out, do you want to cover more things? Actually, I, I don't have that much more because the last part I was talking about was how everybody should store the documents, but I think that was covered when I was talking to Joyce. Okay. Yeah, I think we can take okay. whoever's hand is raised. and Penny? Okay, let's uh-huh. see. There you I are. Need- yep, we got you. We can okay. hear you. We got okay. you. All I need to know is uh, our chapter is, our parent organization is a state affiliate, the Alabama Council of the Blind, and we have the same tax number that they do. So, do we have to go through the process of renewing the tax number every year or every three years, or is that the state's responsibility? So, you're using the exact same EIN that they are? Or yes. are you just, or are you, or do you have your own EIN in uh, your no, I think a subsidiary, subsidiary of them? Yeah, we're a subsidiary. They're the parent organization. Okay. We have articles of incorporation, but they, uh, we have the same tax number. I think all the chapters in the state have the same tax number. Okay. Um, if you guys have the exact same tax number, you should be providing your financial information up to them. And then they should be filing it. So um, what I have seen is there will be an affiliate that will have a um, EIN number mm-hmm. and they will have chapters within that state underneath their umbrella, but they each have their own EIN. Okay. So if we have our own EIN, which I don't know, but if we do, does that have to be filed every year with the IRS if or every you- three years? Nope. So if you have your own EIN mm-hmm. and you're tax exempt, you do need to file it. You should be filing it every single year. Okay. If you forget one year, then you still have two more years to do it before you lose your tax exemption. But um, I would try not to do it once every three years because if you forget on that third year and you come to the fourth year, then you're no longer mm-hmm. tax exempt. Well, that happened with our state affiliate. And mm-hmm. we weren't affected by that. Um, it happened with them, and we actually lost a grant that we'd been funding, mm-hmm. we'd been getting every year because of that. And so then that had to be restored. But we weren't affected as far as our local chapter. Nobody said that we had to file it. So I just need to see if our EIN is the same as the state's. Yes. Okay. All right. That's all I need. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Jamaica. Good evening, everybody. My question is about the um, special interest affiliates, because I have joined a couple of special interest affiliates, but also have joined uh, also have joined from a local um, chapter. So does that mean I'm not listed on any of the special the special interest affiliates because I I, you know, I paid the. I paid the other, I paid the, the, the main, the main dues for my regular chapter and then paid the other two dues that I was supposed to pay. For special interest affiliates? Correct. Okay. So if you are part of a state or a, a, um, a local chapter, you typically are also a member of your state affiliate and a member of our national organization. So once you pay dues to your chapter, it rolls up to your state and rolls up to the national organization. The person who's doing the um, taking care of the membership records just needs to make sure to pass that information up to us so that we have it recorded correctly. Now you can also belong to a special interest affiliate. So you can belong to a state, state affiliate and as many special interest affiliates as you want. You just okay. you can you just cannot be a member at large of the national organization and belong to a state or special interest affiliate. It's either one or the other. Okay. And, and if you're if you're a member of of um, national uh, special interest affiliates, they will put you in the AMMS system, and and there you can be you know a, a member of different affiliates. Uh, where Carla was talking about was really within her state affiliate and chapters within that affiliate 
So, okay. so say you're a member of your local chapter and then maybe a member of, oh, just say um, um, the oh, Library Users of America. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, that's, th that's then you'll be on their list, too. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much. Great. Thank you. Very good. Okay. Mike? Actually, Mike Godino. Yeah. It's actually Lori. Okay. Hi, guys. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> Zoom un unlinked itself from my computer. So um, I just would like to say, Nancy, really, really good presentation. Um, and that people should also check with your Department of State or whoever regulates nonprofits within your state. Whoops. Uh-oh. Did I? Did we lose her? Oh, oh I yeah. I think, I think she, I like muted she's the... gone. Hello? Did you have your Can hand? Can you hear me? Yes. Uh, but I was trying to get another person back. Did you have your hand up? I did. My question is, uh, hello, it's Terrence Page. Sorry I just want to know, are there any limitations to advertising on our websites or in places like that that will extend, uh, affect our 501c3 or anything like that? Tony. <laughs> I'll pass this one on to Tony because there there is some. Um... Hello, sorry, am I muted? Nope, you're you're, you're fine now. You're, you're talking. We, we hear you. Advertising. 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 So there's a there's a unique way in which, obviously, we want to be able to have opportunities where people maybe can donate money to us, and I use donate with air quotes on either side of my head, um, because as a, as a non for profit, we are not in the business. To advertise, uh, and and that would be a, a business-related expense, not a nonprofit tax-deductible expense. So the way that underwriting and sponsorships is what we call it is oftentimes a, a gray line in what people might think of as advertising, but the difference is going to be in the words. Um, so you can definitely work with people to have, in fact, Debbie and I, Hazelton, who runs our ACB radio, we were talking about this just before we went live. Um, you know, ways in which we can have people uh, do underwriting. Similar to if you, if you listen to public radio or public television, you know, they'll, they'll always have spots at the beginning. You can sit there and you can be like, oh, that's an advertisement. But in reality, it's a sponsorship that money is being given and it's a recognition of their contribution to the organization. So as part of an agreement that you can have with an organization uh, is that you can, you can share information about them to educate people uh, as, as, a, as an agreement in exchange for a donation. So, uh, you know, in terms of what we do, uh, like with ACB radio or even in, in it really any form in podcasts or other ways now are becoming more popular. Um, you know, we will have something that, that is an agreement. That's an underwriting agreement that we'll have moving forward, at least at ACB on the national level and encourage other folks as well to, you know, we'd be happy to try to help you craft these messages. Um, and you just have to be aware, uh, that a call to action is something, or if you're, you know, saying, you know, go to this website now and save $20 on something that has nothing to do with your organization trying to do a fundraiser. You can do fundraisers and things like that, or mission-focused work and mention that and do calls to action to that. But yeah, if it's if it's for a commercial entity or a private group and, and they're trying to, you know, basically have goods or exchange or, or things like that with a call to action to it, meaning action verbs, um, you have to be cautious around that. So, and we can... So guidance on that the fcc is very descriptive in the ways that the irs loves to do not the fcc but the the irs loves to do um and the fcc just monitors it on the broadcast side but for like internet or web or publications and print things like that um so, let me give an example say we have a uh, restaurant that's very friendly to blind and vis uh, visually impaired blind and visually impaired members could that restaurant we advertise would that restaurant get advertising on our website or what you would call it sponsor right what i what i would say is would you like we have opportunities for you to have to recognize you in our community um and and to to publicize or to um you know share with the community what you're doing and the ways that you support our community and we would like to recognize you uh if you give a contribution of x amount um, then here's some opportunities that we can do. We can put it in a newsletter. Uh, we can put it here and there. Uh, you can't say, uh, go to not raise pizza and get a slice for two ninety nine half off this week only. 
Um, but what you can say is, you know, uh, we really love Not Raise Pizza, uh, you know, supporting our community and thank them for their contribution. Um, this is made possible in part. You always hear, you know, uh, this publication was made possible through the generous support of, you know, uh, Raise Pizza or whatever you want, whatever restaurant it is. And, and you can thank them. And you can also say stuff like, uh, to let you know they will be celebrating their 15th anniversary this week. Or, uh, you know, um, we will be having an event at their space. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's, 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 does this make sense in the sense that it's not, you know, necessarily a call to action in, in a pitch, um, but it's, it's promoting them, giving them space to be recognized and to have their brand aligned with your members, um, which, is, which is a marketing win for them. Um, but it's not technically advertising as the IRS defines it. Does that so make sense? Could, yeah, yeah so that makes could, a lot of sense. You could give their location in the announcement. Okay. You could give their phone number. Um, you can have a slogan on there, but the minute you start saying what a percentage that they're going to give off or a dollar amount, then it becomes what you call advertising. Yeah. Yes, we're learning and that. We'll, in, we'll include <laughs> in the materials the IRS um, technical Headlines. circulator that, that really breaks it down in the weeds. Um, there are things like you can have exhibitors uh, at a convention if it's oh, during the hours gosh. of a convention. This is for virtual as well. The FCC or not the FCC. I'm stuck in radio too much. The IRS, uh, you know, has has recognized that even in a virtual setting under the pandemic, uh, you can still have like your virtual exhibit hall during that hour. They can come out and they can be your exhibitors that might give you money and 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 hawk their goods right and sell and they can say you know look we have this is twenty five dollars and you get half off today or something during that specified time that's a quote exhibit section um if it's going to be in a publication that could be seen as advertising you need to make sure that it's clear that it's not advertising that we thank them for their support you know phrases and, and words and things like that uh to let you know that this is made possible in part from a donation from x who's at x location and you know they've been supporting the blindness community for 25 years uh, we have our meeting there every week and they're you know uh you know so uh, you can't compare them uh, to another business, you know, say they're better than this other business that doesn't give us money, you know, uh, or does, you know, uh, you can't say Google, you know, uh, the best product in the world. Uh, you know, uh, you can't make value statements necessarily like that as well. They have the best pizza in all the city. Right? If, if okay. there's somebody that is, I will say doing an announcement on, let's say your website and they want you to provide their link to their, their website, you can, provide the link to their main page, but you don't want to do it to the page where they're selling products. So it would yeah. need to go to their, like their, 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 main, say their, page. their and, main page. Yeah. And on their main page, they can have a thing that says, you know, uh, say whatever know, it wants. Yeah. Here's a, the special deals here, you know, link to special deals. Or something. Yeah. They can, you know, so, and we'd be happy to work with you. If there are folks that you're looking to have, you know, a relationship with and make those donations and, and nervous about the words, feel free to, to reach out to us and we can help nuance and massage and, and make it more clear that it is a sponsorship or an underwriting spot, however you want to phrase it. Okay. Okay. Can we go uh, yeah. back to Lori or Mike? Um, or- <laughs> Lori, it shows that you're, you're not disabled from talking. So I wonder, can you unmute? Okay. You should be able to unmute, I think, Lori. Oh, this is Ray Campbell. You, this is who you got. Well, they jumped around. All right. That's okay. Uh, my question. Can you make it quick, and then I'll. I, sh- I'll get I to sure the- can. All right, I will, go well, for well, it. If you stop talking, I will. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyways, um, uh, my question, Nancy, is there a way that you can look up to see if an organization has an EIN uh, before you apply? Is there a way to do that online? I've been googling a little bit here, and I don't see a way to do it. It is. It's easier if it's a state affiliate for me to find it. If it is somebody, it's a special interest affiliate. Um, it just depends at where they've registered at. This is a state affiliate of a special. This is a state chapter of a special interest affiliate. Is what it is. So, and we want uh, to incorporate them in our state. They, but- Ray, I'm going to say, why don't you give me a call, and then I'll see if I can help you find that. Elizabeth, can you unmute? Yes. There okay. you go. Great. Very good. Yeah, it just now came down. Yep. Um, okay. We have this debate going on about with about three or four of us um, about where can you get copies of like when your chapter was chartered? Is that from the division of corporations? It sh- it should be with Would your. Would they have? 
it should be with your state that it was filed with. Okay. Um, if these were really old and they don't have them, is there another place where they you could find them? That is actually a very good question. I do not know. Tony, do you have an answer? Or else I could do some little bit of research to see if we can find your answer. I do not off the top of my head right now. Sorry. Okay. But we can definitely do some. some Elizabeth, can you give me, just give me a buzz and then we'll find out what state you're in. Okay. And we'll see if we can yeah, help you with that. Yeah, because they're having a problem finding some of these old ones. Very okay. old. And I don't, you know, they can't do anything with those affiliates, you know, about moving them around or changing their names or whatever until they find the initial one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh. it would be. Okay. All right. Yeah, I don't know how archiving would work in a sense of just, um, it, I mean, are there clerks at like a secretary of state level or something for searching for old records and stuff? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, I thought maybe you could call corporations or something and find out. Oh, okay, we have just about one minute left, so we're going to have to wrap up and Lori, we'll have to figure out how to. I don't know. What? Finish your question. Very <laughs> odd. Um, so this get her portion, to out and sign back in. Portions of this conversation will probably be continued in, in February. And if there are other oh, questions yeah. that, that people have, um, you can submit them maybe to Cindy at community at acb.org and she can get them to us. Um, the other people on my committee are Ray Campbell and Artis Bazin, and they were both here tonight, and thank you. And thank you so much, Tony and Nancy, for giving your time to help all of our leaders. And, and Nancy and Tony are, are always available, and I just thank them for their uh, willingness to help our affiliates and, and their just time tonight uh, they they gave up you know an hour of their evening for us tonight and thank you so much and thank all of you for coming and see you in february it is always our pleasure thank you